When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Winning Plays podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, welcome back to the Winning Plays podcast with Brian, Rob, and Michael Pina. I am Rich Levine, and in an alternate reality, we'd be knee-deep in NBA free agency this week. So today we'll break down the best and worst free agency moves of Danny Ainge's Celtics tenure. But first, as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you listen. Give us a follow on Twitter, that's at WinningPlaysPod. Shout out to CLNS Media. Shout out to BetOnline.ag, uh, B Rob and, and Mike Pina. So we're talking about the the best and worst of free agency today. Uh, not very many bad. I know we said this for the draft too. We said this for the trades too. We don't want to kiss Danny Ange's butt too much, but not too many bad free agency signings. You agree? I agree. Yeah, I think B Rob might have a few more based on just reading the tea leaves of our text threads and kind of what he said before we started recording i don't want to put too many words in your mouth b rob but uh, you'll probably have several more bad decisions than than i i do at least i don't know about rich either well so that's the thing b rob are, are we so because sometimes a bad decision a good decision turns out bad sometimes maybe a bad decision turns out okay what's what's our grading system for these bad and good free agency moves yeah i mean so for this series we've obviously been ranking um, you know, whether it's best and worst draft picks or best and worst trades, we do it from, you know, from bottom to top. And I think for with free agency, you have to just look at like most consequential um, and also cost in terms of where the team was at. So uh, obviously uh, missing on a minimum salary guy is not the same as missing on a mid-level or a higher salary player. And, you know, missing on a player in the middle of the rebuild – is not the same as missing on a player in the middle of a, a title window. So, I mean, that's those are the factors I put in play there uh, for mine. Um, do that. Do that as a lineup of what you guys had. Yeah, more or less. So, that sounds good. Do you want? Do you want to kick us off with your? With we're going to start with our worst. That's that seems to be the trend that we've been doing. Do you want to kick us off with your, with your fifth worst, Danny Ainge? Danny Ainge free agency signing. Yes. Um, we're gonna go here. It's it's really tough to pick just five here. I, I kind of want to just do a grab bag for number five of just minimum level big man bus because there's <laughs> it's really tough to sell to to separate them, uh-huh. but they all I feel like they deserve a spot on these rankings. And so, uh, without further ado, I'm going with um, a poo poo platter of uh, Darko 
Patrick O'Brien, <laughs> and um, Mikey Moore. Wow. For just guys that just didn't have it, did not, you know, were brought <laughs> in and had to, and had to, and had to play meaningful roles on the. Dargo didn't obviously since he was gone after you know two days, but that was a a roster spot that um, you know could have filled someone else. But Patrick O'Brien, Mikey Moore, those were guys that you know roster spots that could have been used on a veteran that could have given them something, and those guys just brought nothing to the table so um or we're scared off by kg so um they are those are those are bad signings wait wait so real quick i guess like throwing there's a couple names here that i if we were just gonna say these are bad signings even though like i think the money doesn't justify just like calling calling it bad but well it's it's tough there's not a lot to pick from so exactly yeah i couldn't even get to five personally um but so, like, where do you stand on Shaq? Yeah, Shaq. Th- that's my number five. Yeah, I think Shaq belongs. To, I'm not going to. I was going to probably put him at four in his own category since because he had a bigger impact there. But he, he's Shaq. But, um, yeah, like, if that's Rich's five, then I'm in agreement. That's my four. That's like Wick Grosbeck's, like, number one favorite signing just like the like what was the, what was the thing that was it was just like the marketing team like went through the roof like the oh, business the highest tv ratings ever yeah on and csn it, yeah exactly like the 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 benefit of signing him just like the the roi must have been absurd because he's like one of the most popular players of all time and they i think he was league minimum right I'm yeah like, it was minimum yeah yep. so is he yeah, your five pina i i mean he's in my he's like on my list um and but like again i just really like it wasn't even that he was like bad when he was healthy either he like he played fine i guess like it's more the I, assumption that he was gonna be healthy and stay healthy right, right yeah that bothered and, me yeah because then once you know he gets hurt then they're kind of in a pickle and they can't kind of shore up that position so sure yeah i see that yeah i guess like if i have to call it i'll say like five slash i agree with all of b robs too so the grab bag, I, I threw a shack in the grab bag too. I think, and not only you know did they assume that, but then they they compounded it with with our worst trade uh, winner of the Danny Ainge era, which was trading Kendrick Perkins, and putting all your eggs in in Shaq's basket. Brutal, right? I mean, that was just again having. Well, not all the eggs, as we'll get to my personal number. <laughs> my, my number one is coming up, but uh, but yeah, no, but yeah, it, was, like, it was tough. It was a gamble. It was a you know maybe they should have just not played him. That might have been that's was Shaq was better off being a PJ Brown sighting. Like don't even play him until February or March for that team, and then you have a better chance of getting him healthy to the playoffs. They looked so good in the first twenty games of the year that probably influenced the front office's decision to a degree. Being like, okay, once Shaq gets back, we'll be able to kind of roll this out again. And yeah, obviously it never never came to be. They would have had to have him in for like practicing though, because like, if they was waited till February, he would have been like seven hundred pounds. Oh yeah, you practice him and stuff. Shaq's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the kind of guy you say, "Hey, yeah, okay, go go take care of yourself and come back in uh, in late February." I don't know. He doesn't have um, PJ Brown's physique. It's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. So four, B Rob, what do you got? Um. Well, Shaq was my four, so that was my the big man grab bags was. Was so Rich, who, who's your number five? Then? Yeah, who's your or who's your number five? Are you your five was Shaq for you, Rich? My, so who's my your five four? was Shaq. Uh, my my four. I'm gonna I'm gonna set up a, a few fireworks here in honor of uh, Independence Day, uh, and a guy who I think 
likes to make America greater than anyone else on the Celtics roster oh, right now. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, this was going to be my hot take, yeah. I, I also have him on my worst. And, yeah, how, but, do, how do you, you pay Gordon Hayward? And yeah. again, it's not Danny Ainge's fault, not Gordon Hayward's fault, but uh, he's, he's made $90 million so far, and we'll see what happens this year. Although, you know, we're not blaming him for potentially missing the conference finals, but he's potentially going to miss the conference finals this, uh, this year. But yeah, you know, $90 million, he's averaging 13.6 points a game. Missed an entire season. It's just a, it's just an enormous miss as a free it's, agency. No yeah. one's fault except Fates, but uh, it's, it's a tough one. It's one play, kind of ruins everything. Comes down, has one of the more gruesome injuries in recent NBA history. Uh, total fluke. I mean, we go back to before the Celtics signed him, and a lot of the rationale for not trading to get someone like Jimmy Butler or Paul George was they they were strongly confident that they could just sign Gordon Hayward, Hayward with their cap space even though the Utah Jazz and the Miami Heat were going to be also in in hot pursuit. Um, I mean, like, before the injury, this was, like, a really great signing, and this would have been (laughs) top three, I think, right? Like, if he never got hurt, this is probably a top three Danny Ainge signing. Uh, No-brainer. Worth the max. Was an all-star. Probably almost certainly will never be an all-star again or, or get up to that level on a consistent basis. I would be a little surprised if that happened. And I just, like, when you're talking about, especially, like, with the cap not rising basically ever again, um, <laughs> a max deal is really tough to squander. And when you give someone a max, it's like, you know, someone once told me that when you give out a max contract, there's only a few guys who are actually worth the max. So what you're really doing is trying to get value on the max. So someone who would, in a different system, like LeBron would like get a $100 million contract if that sort of thing was allowed. Someone would oh, yeah. pay him that. Yeah. Exactly. So he the value you get on a, a, Le, a LeBron max is like obviously different from a Gordon Hayward max or a Mike Conley max or whatever. Um, so you're not really getting any va- this is like a negative value hardcore because he's just not <laughs> even close to that type of production yeah I left him off my list because I'm curious to see how this year is going to go and you haven't seen him, enough B-Rub I haven't well listen <laughs> um, I just don't think like for I, I guess I just excluding injuries from like turning things into bad deals for guys i mean Shaq is a different category because that's a guy you expected to break down and with the h he was at um hayward in his prime a fluke injury like that i get i get that's a mulligan for me that's doesn't fall in it but i understand why you guys you know if you're just looking at results obviously then yeah that he's not worth the bang for the buck after the the injury but i don't know he was pretty good this year when he was healthy um if they get to the conference finals with him playing a big role this year and he doesn't have to split for too long um during it then i don't think he he falls in he's not in my bottom five i guess so real quick uh before we move on from gordon b-rod if you're just like power ranking celtics right now Mm -hmm. where is gordon hayward on that list for you like overall players like on this yeah players on the celtics whoof um 
what Kemba are we are we are we just assuming if we're if we're talking healthy Kemba, then he's three. If we're talking non healthy Kemba, then I'd say he's two. Hayward. Oh, oh, ahead of Jalen either way. Yeah, ahead of Jalen either way. Oh wow. Ooh. I I disagree. I would say he's four. That's just where I'd put him. Yeah, um, him and Tice are, are close. Him and Tice are four. very close. No, Tice is Tice yeah. is important, but Titus is not in the, that Tice, conversation. Tice is one. Tice is Tice is uh, one with a a big exclamation point. Um, B Rob, you said you said like, and you also said hopefully. Well, let's say hypothetically, the Celtics do make the conference finals. Let's say hypothetically, there are conference finals. Um, what, what what do you think is the shortest amount of time that Gordon Hayward would miss if he comes back to Boston for uh, the birth of his fourth child? Uh, I think minimally probably two games, uh, likely three games, um, assuming, again, he doesn't stay too long after the fact to hang out with uh, his new his new son. And it is going to be it's going to be an indie. Oh, it's a son. Wait, it's going to be a son. Daughter. No, it's a son. First, oh, first he must son. be very excited. Okay, yeah, so he's pumped. That's why they kept um, trying. I think. Right. <laughs> um, and so the it's actually going to be in Indiana. He also said ah. for for the birth. Not that that's going to have much of an impact either way. Uh, well, in terms of it might. I mean, that would have an impact, I think, because if you read the the player's handbook, they dictate the number of days needed to quarantine by where like how bad covid is oh. in this this the city or the county or wherever right. the person goes to so if you go to massachusetts and cases are in severe decline to the point of non-existence by then versus indiana which could be a hotbed we don't know i mean cases i think have been going up in most of the midwest so that could actually play a role yeah it's a good point mike um yeah. So, and did he, did he I, say that he just wants to be there for the birth? Or like, yeah, he didn't. He didn't elaborate in terms of how long he planned on staying and stuff. But I imagine he wants to be there for the birth, and I assume you know, uh, a day or the overnight or whatever. Um, again, I, I imagine a lot of it's going to be influenced by timing too. Um, sure. If there's a break, who knows? Maybe they. I mean, I can't imagine the Celtics having an easy second round, and there's a break in between there and. She and Robin has the baby on the earlier side in September, so maybe that's probably the best case scenario in terms of having you know missing less time if you're Hayward. But I don't think a scenario like that is likely at all, um, just based on the matchups. And who knows? Maybe they're going to be out, and it's not going to matter. Um, that's a very real possibility too. So, but yeah, it's it's out there, and they'll, they'll be ready either way. Obviously, just to to play without him so who do, um, who's like likely to step up in that scenario if gordon misses extended time oh i mean i think you just have to look at one of the the bench players and it's like whoever like whatever rookie looks competent i think and i think it'll be either like a grant williams or a romeo Langford, to be honest um i think those are the two because those are guys that can play more for or just have the versatility in Langford's case to play defensively and um, again if whoever's making their threes out of those two it would be my guess yeah, it just think... depends on the matchup right? yeah I was going to say they'll just play Marcus Smart 48 minutes that's a, I mean that too I mean that's that's going to happen anyway but you're going to still need someone to play 15 minutes a night um, 
But yeah, that'll be it'll be an interesting wrinkle for sure. Um, all right, so well, that P- was P- so. Pina, is that thunderstorm that we hear? That Outside is a thunderstorm. Right? I'm actually watching lightning right Oof. now uh, out my apartment window. It's pretty scary, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to push through. Uh, so yeah. if I stop talking for whatever reason, that's because I was killed. So yeah. hopefully okay. we keep the power going here. Yeah, we're um, going to keep going even if, even if we lose you this 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 episode. No, it, yeah, through. just uh, dedicated to me. Yeah, we can't do the tough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we got? Uh, did everyone do everyone do their number four? Yep, so I had mine was Shaq. Um, and Mike, where'd you have Hayward on your list? Well, I mean, my list was... <laughs> or what is your list? Your list, I know, is very short. Right? You have three names on your list, or what's your... I've already said two of them, and I, I'm kind of, like, holding off for the last one, who I think would be number one for both of you guys, too, maybe, so I don't want to, like, spoil anything. But okay. I, I, I was... Mostly just kind of, I thought the Gordon conversation was really interesting, and I was, I didn't expect Rich to have Gordon on his list, so I was, I was pleasantly surprised to see you agreed with me, Rich. My pleasure. Yeah, we Ke- Kelly O and Gordon. Exactly. Our, yeah. <laughs> we stick together. We'll always have those. And B Rob didn't have either of them on his on his list. Interesting. No. Yeah. How about that? Okay, so you're number three, B Rob. Who do you got? Okay, so I'll say this. I want to put Jeff Green here, but I'm not going to because I got a first-round pick for him uh, eventually. So that that salvages this deal. But at the time and how it played out, I do think four years and $36 million for him, mm-hmm. it was, was not a good signing. Um, but he's being left off the honor and put it on the honor mention list. So I'm going kind of off the, off the grid here with, with this one. This is another poo-poo platter Um slot for me number three mm-hmm. and i don't know if you guys remember this at the end of the so after they traded perk the 2010 2011 season they also cleared out a ton of roster spots after the trade deadline for <laughs> big name signings i want can you guys remember who these guys were i can i can name two of them were there three there were three uh, carlos arroyo is one yes i think i'm gonna guess that troy murphy is is on the list Yes. And the last one was... Ah, I don't get it. Who is it? Uh, uh, let me guess. Uh, Sasha Pavlovich. Ding, ding, ding. Wow. Um, Murderous so, Row. Murderous Row. All these three guys were awful. <laughs> <laughs> and talking to people after the fact about that season, they were saying, like, that was the biggest mistake we ever made. And I think kind of influences Danny Ainge's attitude about buyout signings to this day about why he like veers away from them but murphy had nothing left arroyo was you know shot 31 percent from the field pavlovich was 27 but seemingly washed up at that point and (laughs) and again they they kind of just remade things on the fly and you know thought these three veterans could come in and give them something once you know they were so washed up by injuries and then it was a disaster, and that led to a disaster. You know, helped lead to. It wasn't obviously the main factor in them getting kind of destroyed by the heat, but um, that led to a free fall in the standings for them in the last two months of the regular season, which set up that matchup with the Heat. And um, yeah, so I think that I think that whole philosophy and the way you know mm-hmm. that the buying of signings and how vital that was to that team that year. Um, that's my number three. That the the poo poo platter of bad buyouts. You know what? I, I actually have a name I want to throw out there. 
that I actually didn't include in my initial list, but I feel like deserves some criticism here that hasn't been named yet. So I guess I'll just call this my number three. Yep. Uh, Vitor Favarani. Mm. I almost <laughs> put him on my list. Good, good one, Mike. A, just atrocious. Like, <laughs> how did he make it? Uh, like, what, you know, the Boston Celtics have a pretty good international scouting department, I would say, that has borne some seriously productive players. I don't, they didn't even pay him the minimum, I believe. Like, no, they got, paid him a portion of the mid-level, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking it up now. Over $2 million. Um, yeah, he just, like, my, my like, maybe this is being unfair, but, like, when I think about him, I think about, like, him having, like, a beer gut, like, and barely being able to run up and down the court. Like, am I, is that unfair, an unfair characterization? Or, like, what do you guys think of when you think about Vitor Favarani? I remember I was excited by. It. I mean, his, I'm looking at his, his his game log right now. The second game of his career, obviously, it wasn't a very long NBA career. Second game against the Bucks, of course, it was a loss. But he had uh, 12 points, 18 rebounds, and six blocks. Yeah, he against, had some. He, he peaked in those Bucks. first two games. Of the no, yeah, he, yeah. I was about to say, yeah, his career was like like his one season was like Vince Carter's career, <laughs> peaking at the top. El hombre, el hombre indestructible. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Indestructible, yeah, that's what it was. What a, what a great nickname! I'm, I'm, but yeah, he's, and by the way, he's only thirty-two years old right now. That's scary because it seems so long ago. Um, that's a good pull, Mike. Yeah, as an honorable life of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't love it. I, I was I was a fan of of, of <laughs> Um. All right, Rich, your number uh, your number three. My number three is Rashid Wallace. Um. Mm. And again, again, so it's tough because you look at Rashid's uh, year with the Pistons, um, right? Yeah. Before, before uh, the Celtics signed him, and it was pretty decent. Like he he went played six played sixty six games. What by the way, uh, one insane number of, of his Celtics career. He played seventy nine games that season. Um, maybe he was just you know, I think he was just conserving his energy every single game, which sort of made it less likely to get injured or whatever it was. But the the season, his last season in Detroit, he averaged 12 points, seven and a half rebounds a game, um, you know, shot 35% from three. So that that's why I, I didn't put him higher. But he was a guy, and especially the way it came down to in game seven, right? If there was ever a game, one game, we need you, Rashid, to step up and be the guy we thought was we were, we were, we were getting. And he just didn't have it. And I think that was symbolic of the entire signing. Just a big disappointment. Um, so yeah, Rashid's my number three. Damn. I disagree. Yeah, I love. I forget. I like. I don't care about revisionist history. I I love Rashid Wallace. I love his time in the Celtics. I don't blame him for Game Seven. I yeah. I I disagree with everything you said, Rich. Why? Because <laughs> he's a legend. I mean, he like I, to this day whenever something good happens in my life i do his three point you know you pull out the three fingers and you pull it back into your chest like that's my celebration move in my daily life so i got that from sheed his legacy lives on with me and when's the last time you did that in your real in, well in, like in not life? in like about for probably like four or five years it's been a rough rough go here <laughs> rough but, stretch. yeah but i mean He's 35 years old when he signs with the Celtics. I mean, I don't know what the expectation. By the way, th- this isn't saying like the best and worst seasons of Rasheed Wallace's career. We're not blaming Rasheed. We're saying Danny Ainge's free agent, Danny Ainge's free agent signings. No, yeah, I know, and, and I, it, it, it's it's slim pickings to come up with bad ones for sure. 
But, I mean... It just wasn't kinda, a good one. It, well, no, probably wasn't a good one. Um, but he gave them what they needed in the playoffs. Like, like, like he was for the Lakers series up and down, but he was great against the Cavs and against the Magic. For me, and I agree with you, Rich, like his regular season, awful. Like one of the worst for mid-level guys, period. Disgraceful, yeah. Like he shot like 28% from three. I think he was allergic to offensive rebounds. It was... Which was a problem in game right, seven. Right, which was problems, which is why they like stumbled and were like a four or five seed going to those playoffs. But then he got right when they needed him to, and he hit threes in the playoffs. And as far as game seven goes, you're, you know, he didn't... I kind of put that more on Doc Rivers than Cheed Bridge. Because you can't, he, he played 35 minutes in that game. You have to know what you can get out of him. And like everyone in that game, I think Doc, you know, those guys were gassed. Doc played like and six guys in that exactly, game. Exactly. He played six guys, which was, I just think was the wrong thing to do. Like, play Sheed 25 or 30 minutes and you get, you maximize him more as opposed to him having nothing left. And he had 11 and 8 in that game. So it wasn't like he was a complete dud. But I kind of, I put it more on Doc than Sheed for that one. Okay. Agree. I mean, it is- actually, I put it on who I have as my number one, and mm. <laughs> uh, even though he technically, I don't think, was on the team at this point, but I still just loathe everything about his tenure. Um, can we just, like, like, how many more well, bad ones do you guys have that you want to, like, yeah, run through? We have two. So I have, I have the two big ones. I, I think we all have two left here, and I'm guessing we all have the same two guys. I'll just depend on what order you want to put them in. Okay. Um, I think. Who's your number two, Bira? Uh, my number two is Jason Terry. Wow. Uh, I didn't put Terry on my list. I yeah, I was fine with Terry. You're fine with Terry. Terry was not good at all. Go go get, break the case. Terry was brought in. Yeah. Was a literal like, not as like he was always been a sieve on the defensive end, but like he didn't shoot well at all that season to the point where I think I mean he kind of his overall numbers weren't terrible like 10 points a game got his three pointing up to 37 percent but I think his struggles all year long in just terms of finding a fit in a role for mid-level money was you know just made that a, a bad bet on a guy that shouldn't have you know you were already too old as it was and unlike Sheed who you know, made big plays for them once a postseason ra- rolled around. Uh, Terry was not good enough in the playoffs, too. So when you put that with the fact that it also helped kick Ray Allen out the door, like, since that signing happened a couple of days before Ray said, I'm officially out, I just think that was a... I think uh, Ray a, made up... I th- look at those as separate... Yeah, matches. I mean, but I think... But if there was any chance, it was like, it sealed the deal. Like, to, to get him to come back. I agree, like, it probably was... The wheels were already turning on that front anyway, but sure. once once Terry was signed, then that was a done deal. And so for that, and for what, just like for how poorly that season went um, for that whole team, I think Terry was for the full mid level money. I think that was the his signing was helping end that big three era. We should say he's thirty five years old. Like he's right. a six. How tall is he? He's like six one, six two. Guard, like, I don't know. My expectations were that he was, like, I thought he would be a pretty good pick and roll partner with KG, and to a certain extent he was. 
and maybe you could have been a little more experimental with the lineups you played him in and all that, but I don't know. At that point, you're kind of like, they were kind of hanging on, and it was clear that the Miami Heat had eclipsed them, and I don't really like look at this as... A but but why sign the 35-year-old then, though? Like... Well, you, like investing because that was a bad contract. They had to like dump after effect, which they, which they wisely did in the KG and Pierce deal. Um, well, yeah, but, I was yeah I was gonna say I, I was like they got off of it pretty smoothly. I would right, say. but that's because they were able to package it with someone else and, and take a bad money back for him. Billy King was so impressed by how Jason <laughs> Terry played in a Celtics uniform that he was like, "Damn, I gotta get this dude in Brooklyn." I would say the, wor- the worst thing he did was get the tattoo. If he didn't get the tattoo, the that's tattoo. true. I forgot, about, I forgot about the tattoo. So great, oh man, yes. I think we'd be, we would have remembered and treated everyone would have treated him very differently without the tattoo. <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of you can't do that and then come in and again, it wasn't the, it was it, it was it was leaps and bounds worse than than uh, than than the Jason Terry that anyone had seen and anyone mm-hmm. was expecting. But it was made so much worse by the uh, by the tattoo. Let me get this read in real quick, guys. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports are slowly making its way back with the UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. Bet Online has all the best odds lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. If you need more, Bet Online has live NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations happening every day. Um, if you're looking for something other than sports, Bet Online has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. That is Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Um, yeah, Terry, I didn't have so number two. So it was okay. So my number two, I, I knew we, but you, both you guys were going to pick for number one, so I just wanted to, to break off a little bit. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll save my number two. And my number one is a tie with uh, Jeff Green and Mark Blount, actually, and uh, and. And I know oh, like Mark said, Blunt's a good one. I forgot about Mark Blunt. Six years, forty-one million dollars for Mark Blunt. Oh. Mark Blunt, uh, Jeff Green, and what? What was the Jeff Green? Was it four, four, four thirty-six? Yeah. And you know they got the first-round pick, like you said, for Jeff Green, and they got out of the Mark Blunt deal uh, after I think two and a half years, or even a year and a half, maybe. So it wasn't that bad. But just giving that kind of money to those guys that are just such downers and such just like just sap the energy out of your out of your chemistry, out of your locker room. Of everything, those are just those aren't guys that I believe deserve big contracts like that. So that's my tie for for Danny Ainge's worst to uh, free agent signings. So real quick, like Mark Blount, or he started out with his uh, the pronunciation of his last name was Blount, and then he changed it to Blunt. Or am I making that up? Rich, you would know. <laughs> Why would I know? Um, <laughs> I. I don't know, actually. So it, it says, it still says, it's funny. If you look at the pronunciation on uh, Basketball Reference, it looks like Blount. That's a, that's a wild card. <laughs> uh, maybe that's, ow, oh, maybe it's Blount. I'm not sure. Let me, uh, I mean, I, I could see, it would make more sense if he changed it from Blunt after, like, how, like, you know, lackadaisical and just kind of yeah. shitty he was after getting that big contract. Um, do, you, do you know, guys, he wrote a book? I did know that, yeah. <laughs> oh wow, really? I did not know that. My first triple double. I'm gonna have to wait. That's that the name up. of the book. Oh, he's. I think it's like him giving tips on investing for entrepreneur for athletes. Um, yeah, it looks like he did well. With, I mean, good for him. Yeah, I, I think he sure. did, he 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 was good with his money after he signed that big contract, and uh, so 
you know, maybe t- you know Danny Ainge started a, a really good thing for the Blount family that will be felt through the generations. But as a I, sorry, go ahead. No, I think this is a great point. I, I totally forgot. I assumed that that deal was given to him before Ainge, but you're dead on. It's that's that was a huge oversight by me and a com- a complete uh, nail by you on this. So I think beat Rob. I think you and I have the same number one here. I think so. Yeah, I think it's a safe bet. It's Jermaine O'Neal. Um, so I'll, can I say why he's not my one first? Sure. Go ahead. So first of all, the season before with Miami, mm-hmm. um, oh, I'm gonna refund. S- played seventy games, averaged fourteen and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, he signed for I know it's a mid level two two years, twelve million. Mm-hmm. Looking around, how, what do you think Hakeem Warwick got that 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 same uh, that same summer as a free agent? Four, four for 18. Drew Gooden got five for 32. Tyrus Thomas got five for 40. 30-year-old Louis Scola was five for 47. I would have loved Scola. Scola would have been a gem. <laughs> for five for 47? <laughs> I would have loved it. I, sure. just think, I just think Jermaine O'Neal, I, I, I just think it, was a, it, it wasn't a humongous risk. You didn't get much back, but uh, not worthy of the worst. Okay, okay, okay. So let me, let me make the case here. I know he so, didn't do a funny thing after he shot three pointers. Yes. Yeah, so he signed. They signed him to the full mid level after right after they lost to the Lakers, uh, trying to play street. trying to shore up the rebounding problems that were the reason that they lost that series. Um, at the time, he was battling a chronic knee injury. This was the lock the summer of the lockout. So instead of having surgery to take care of that, and also I believe a wrist injury that was lingering. He decided not to do that. Entered the season, was not able to. Uh, I don't know the exact injury timelines here, but basically, it was confounding that he did not have the off-season surgery to take care of himself and rehab. And it was a problem for his two years. He played nine playoff games that first year, missed the postseason the second year because of injury troubles, and was awful on the court. And a few years. Uh, after he left the Celtics, he was on the Golden State Warriors. And there's this one play, you can look it up on YouTube, where the Warriors are playing the Clippers. Doc Rivers is the coach of the Clippers. And Doc Rivers is just like unloads on Jermaine O'Neal from the sideline. And you can kind of <laughs> hear what he's like. You can read his lips, and it's not great. He's calling him names. And they both got double technical fouls. And uh, that. 100% stemmed from the frustration <laughs> that Doc Rivers had coaching this dude who like kind of clearly did not go 100% in on the Boston Celtics and try to keep that alive. Like he like I mean, you don't want to say someone was like he took the money and then just didn't really earn it, but I would say that if you talk to some people who were around at that time that that's maybe the assessment that they would have and just to like further magnify the timeline you're talking about of injury mike because i was i uh, had just started covering the team then so it was very like in person so it was very vivid to me uh so he had the knee issues probably around like january so like midway through the season that like got worse and worse so everyone was recommending him do surgery like from doctors to the team being like okay this is gonna put you out for eight weeks just do it now and then you'll be back for the playoffs and he said no and then he ended up doing the surgery six weeks later anyway after, like, trying to rehab it. 
like and that's the situation to me where it makes no like you that's like leaving your team up a river and i know like surgeries you know a no one wants thing, to but this was, no one wants to have surgery but if it's like if it's just a like a cleanup thing and you know there's really the odds of the rehab helping it are like minuscule then like what do you want to do here how do you want to help the team this wasn't like an acl situation this was you know cleaning up some bone spurs or something that got him back within four to six weeks and so he got back late. He obviously was never right that first pro season, and then like t- forty nine total games over those two years, um, at a time where you know the team that could desperately needed him um, in both those postseasons. Doc Rivers quotes in the middle of those seasons too about oh, yeah. when asked about yeah. Jermaine O'Neal was like him being like peak political doc rivers yes and it sometimes he wasn't even political he was just like yeah if this dude comes back that like that's great if not we'll be better off <laughs> just like it was like I, like it's just he's an easy number one for me and i this is also like you know we're calling this like danny's worst signings or whatever but like it's really also kind of difficult to 100 percent blame the gm in a situation like this too it's funny because you, you weirdly like blame Jermaine O'Neal for Rashid Wallace, but if you really think about it, who who, who else is there to blame for signing Jermaine after that Lakers loss? Because I believe right. that Rashid Wallace right, contract was a two year deal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a two year deal. Yep, and then he but retired. He retired. He couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't even last two years. He was done. That's where that's where he was mentally. Rashid walks away from the team. Danny's like, "Oh shit, what are we gonna do?" He has to rush and sign Jermaine O'Neal, and and here we are. All comes yeah. back to Rashid Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. I, uh, that's a fair comeback there. This is good. I didn't expect us to have so much. We went longer on the bad than I, know. I thought we were going to. Well, there's a lot of debate here. We had a lot of different opinions on it, which was made it good. Maybe but, the good um, will be smoother. The good, I think. I think there'll be more. There'll probably be different orders, but similar names. I feel like in the goods. But let's uh, let's yeah, my, start off here. My five. My five was Avery Bradley. Um, I wanted to put him on there just because of how much shit Danny Ainge got for some reason when the deal happened. Do you guys, you remember that, B Rob? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He, or he, he got lit he, up. He got absolutely eviscerated for, for, for the contract. Four for years, thirty-two. Yeah, yeah. Four years, thirty-two, and I think within a month, or no, maybe a year or so, it was one of the better contracts in the NBA. So uh, shout out to Avery Bradley. And then it was kind of like Avery's going to get. A four-year, hundred-million-dollar deal, wah, wah. and obviously, yeah, that didn't happen. Unfortunately for him, uh, Avery was on my honorable mention. Uh, it was a tough cut, but he was on uh, my honorable mention as well. I agree with everything you just said, Rich, in terms of uh, good bang for the buck. Um, B. Rob, you want to give your fifth? Crap. Yeah, my fifth. It is again not a guy that wasn't here very long, but. A very important player uh, that you needed to nail because you just didn't have uh, many other options and much money to do. And so that's James Posey. Mm. Um, (laughs) One-year deal. Or it was a two-year of a player option for $7.5 million in the summer of 2007. And that was the perfect, you know, backup wing for that team. And he got paid off of it. And it's, it's too bad that the Celtics... You know, I mean, we'll, we can talk about that another day, but they they we spent the next. It. Yeah, we were talking about that, you know, 
already, but they spent for the next five years trying to find a good replacement for him. Never really got it. Um, but Posey was huge for that team f- from the defense and the three-point shooting. And, um, you know, it was one year, but that got you a title. I don't think they, this team wins a title without Posey on that team. So um, that's my number five. Yeah, that's a good pick. B-Rob, I, he's on my list. Or I, I have a lot of names here, so it's either an honorable mention or a five or a four. But I'm going to... Shout out someone who's very similar. Wait, but before before you say that, Pian, I just want to okay. say that for every reason that B Rob just said, James Posey is my number one. Wow, wow, I like it. He's the he's the only free agent that's brought Danny Ainge a title. True, you don't win that title without James Posey. You're technically correct, Rich. Uh, I I can't say that's number one with some of the other players who are who have been signed, but um, that's pretty fascinating. Uh, and the money is good. The money is kind of crazy when you look at it, too. The fact that you signed him. you It was a player option, and you obviously would have liked a team option or no option at all. But two years, $7 million, I mean, obviously the cap was like uh, less than half of what yeah. it is now. But that's still pretty impressive. And I think that was a great bet by Posey, too. He probably could have gotten more money elsewhere that year. But he's like, I'm going to play great for this team and then get my next big deal, which he did. And he was washed up two years into it for the the hornets in uh new orleans but um that was the that was the, the ultimate win-win situation for a player and uh and team wow james posey i like but, that number one rich yeah that's, that's like that's i nice. respect that number are you one. Are, are you did you put james posey number one because you felt bad that you didn't put kelly olenek number one and that was <laughs> no i well i should have put gordon a little bit lower if, if, if that was the case but no i told you when i when i looked at it, i was just like if we're talking about like not only bang for your buck, but actually winning a title, which is the whole point of bringing these free agents. That's the reason you brought in Rashid. The reason you brought in Jermaine O'Neal is because for some reason you thought those guys are going to make it a little bit easier to get a title. And Posey did it. He's the one. Sure. He, was, he was such a critical member of that team. Not going to argue with you there. Um, okay, so let's talk about P.J. Brown. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, P.J. Brown is my number five. Um, if for, like, literally no other reason... I just at least once a month think about the mid-range jumper that he hit in Game 7 against the Cavs, second round. Uh, I rewatched it right before we started recording, and it's a pretty interesting play. There's like a little bit over a minute left to go, and Eddie House has the ball, gets the ball. Like Paul Pierce drives from the top of the key, and the defense collapses, and he kicks out to Eddie House in the corner. And Eddie House has like a basically a wide open corner three and instead of taking it because the Celtics were only up by one at this point game seven like ridiculous crunch time pressure he takes a dribble inside the three-point line the defense then pounces on him and he kicks out this little like back pass bounce pass out to PJ who's wide open for an 18 footer and like this type of play would literally never happen in today's NBA which is really funny, but Eddie House kicks it back to him, P.J. Brown wide open, he just, like, sticks it, and the Celtics go up three and basically celebrate like they won, even though, like, three points back then was, was like, might, what might have well might as well have been, like, five or six or seven, which is also funny to think about, but just a really humongous shot. Uh, they would they might not have won that game if he doesn't hit it, and it's also really interesting to think about how P.J. Brown was on the court, at all at that point like <laughs> crunch <Eddie> time <laughs> yeah yeah eddie house <laughs> and pj brown were the two crunch time dudes not rondo and perk so 
Um, just a, yeah, really funny, uh, critical, funny moment, but critical signing. And he was just like, also, like, there's so so much, like, swagger with P.J. Brown, and you had to respect him, and that also came in. Like, he, he was, like, so tough and, like, so cool under pressure, and, yeah, I just, I love everything about P.J. Brown and how they kind of took him off the street, basically, and were like, do you want to play with us? Because he was... <laughs> not in the NBA at that point and they signed him because the all-star game was coincidentally in New Orleans and they were down there all three of them uh Pierce Allen and KG and they like all approached him at the same time and were like please like join our team which is it's just like a great story um yep that was one of my favorite stories from that year and yeah I'm gonna mention on my list uh again just just only due to time but um yeah just so many parts of that team they probably couldn't have won without it. And him in Game Seven against the Cavs, um, those jump shots will uh, forever live on. Perfect four for four from the right. field in that game. Legend. Um, all right, Rich. What is your? Have we got your number five. We just got your number one so far, right? Rich's uh, number we, two is Eddie House, right? Uh, we, <laughs> we've got my. We got my number. My number five is Avery. My number one is That's James right. Posey. Uh, my number four is Al Horford. Oh mm. man. What, to okay, G- give the reasoning. Well, okay, didn't exactly get you Kevin Durant, which is kind of a, a big reason you're going for it. Uh, for, and I know it was it was symbolic. It was the, it was the first big uh, free free agent that the Celtics had signed. Um, I, I think that was more circumstantial uh, as opposed to like you know guys actually not wanting to go to Boston. But is a guy that he, he he I think he got worse probably every every year of the contract before he left. Um, didn't leave you lead you to to the finals. Couldn't keep the the team together uh, his last season. Again, he's still four. He's still the fourth best. Yeah, I was like, are you arguing against him? Yeah, no, but this is why why he's not higher. Um, He was still very solid. He said he was, I think he was an important uh, symbolic signing. But it was, that that was it for me. Yeah, it it was was a great signing, but not, not, not one of the three best. This is so disrespectful. I got. Like, I I agree. I agree with Rich. You agree with Rich. So yes. you you don't think that? Uh, are you just? Is it because he was a max deal and there yes. wasn't value on the max? Yes. And so I'll be honest right now. He was my number four on the list last night. Oh my! And God. then I then I kicked him off entirely. Whoa! Because I I have I, I have a different four. Wow! Because it is Horford was. Again, this is, he's honorable mention. He, I fault no one who puts him high in this list, but it's a max deal, and his production kind of declined as we went. And then, you know, he wasn't he wasn't able to keep things together last year. And I think he always faded against the Cavs when he met his kryptonite and Tristan Thompson. Um, so yeah, he he's not there for me. So uh, my number four, I guess, this is my hot take of of this. Um, Jalen Brown. Hmm. Jalen Brown's uh, on my list, I will say. Yeah, that's what I... He is from... So maybe it's not that hot, but I just think that's a clear-cut Max guy that you signed for, you know, Under a good max. percentage less than the Max. And he's... I think he has all-star written all over him now based on how things went this year. And you have him under control now for the next four years with no options. And... We'll see how high he can rise on this list eventually, but um, you know when it comes to keeping this core together down the line, like 
getting him for less than that total max deal um i think could come in pretty big handy here and uh i think even with the salary cap you know whether it's gonna be a freeze or going down and stuff like that he would have gotten a max no matter what this offseason so you still you benefited there no matter what i i'm just gonna say yeah jalen i'll put him at number four as well um I definitely already had him at number four before we started recording. <laughs> um, I mean, everything you said is is right, B. Robin. I think what's really interesting is like Danny Ainge is known for not uh, extending uh, his own crop, his own rookie scale guys. He Rajon Rondo was really the only one, uh, I believe, before he did Jalen Brown and like the it's like less about uh saving money in this instance than just understanding what you have and appreciating it and the criticisms i mean a lot of people did not think that this deal when it was signed was a wise one they thought it was a significant overpay and jalen was coming off like a nightmarish season really like for them to have faith in him uh, during that year where it was just it was a mess for everybody but in particular him he was very inconsistent and to have the confidence that they had and show it and express it with this type of contract just kind of changes in my opinion like if I'm a different free agent and I look around and I'm like man the Celtics like paid Jalen when he was like struggling like they had a lot of faith in that dude like that's an organization that I could see myself playing for. And I think being really player friendly in this time is just critical if you're one of the 30 teams. So I just think it was a really smart, wise move. And if Jalen continues to improve at the rate that we've seen, uh, if that we saw this year before it was suspended, you're, he's going to be a perennial all-star and he might be even more than that. He's He's exactly where the league is headed. And to get him under contract for as long as they have is just, it's, it's a windfall. All right, so that is four for me and Mike. Uh, Rich, I assume he's not on your list. He's not. I mean, I had him as the as Danny's best draft pick, so I feel I feel like I didn't sell him too short. But yeah, I, I but I agree with everything you guys said. He probably if I right. did it again, he probably would make it over Avery Bradley or probably Al Horford. All right, I like wow. this. So, uh, <laughs> Rich, who's your? Can we just go to Rich's number three? Yeah. Yeah, Rich. my number three is uh, Kemba Walker, and I know are we con- can we count that as a free agent signing, even though it oh was- yeah yeah we're gonna yeah uh, even though technically it wasn't yeah so I, I just I just think that that the Celtics were at a crossroad um, where you know after Kyrie and and Mike's favorite Big Al you know left them and the, you know <laughs> just left left them to die you had you had Jason you had Jalen <laughs> you had Gordon who was still you know still recovering. And like, what are you going to do to salvage this? Like, are the Celtics just going to be just a a middle-of-the-road team again suddenly? Are those dreams of of this instant rebuild going to disappear? No, they needed to find the perfect replacement for for Kyrie, and I think that that's what Kemba is. Um, It remains to be seen, right, like like how how his knee is going to hold up, you know, how to what heights he can help carry them. But I just think in terms of... You know, if, if you don't if you don't sign Kemba Walker, I don't know if Jason Tatum is 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 running to to sign the max to to play to play out his career with the Celtics. I don't know if necessary Jalen Brown is deci- saying this is where I want to be for the rest of my career. I think Kemba helps stabilize all that, 
um, after like a really shitty place that the Celtics were left in. So that's why he's my number three. Interesting. I, I think I, I see your case there, like from a, a fork in the road standpoint for the team. I do you disagree with it, B Rob? Yeah, I mean he's. I didn't consider him in my top five, but I can see the. But I didn't think about it from the perspective that Rich kind of brought in terms of where you know the Celtics sitting on in two different directions there, and you know well, again we'll. I think it's more of a you know we obviously see how it turns out here, but um, it could very well turn into where Rich has him. Yeah, I I have him on my list. Um, as my number two, Ooh. and I just think like the max is a lot. Of course, Kemba's worth the max. I don't think there's any. He's not worth the super max, which is why he's not. He's no longer with the Charlotte Hornets. But incredibly solid dude. Incredibly solid locker room guy. Positive presence. Uh, his game offensively is exactly what you want out of a point guard, a score first point guard. Uh, obviously, there's defensive questions that make him a little bit more vulnerable than, you know, another two way type of player, a wing. But, you know, Rich, you put James posing number one because he helped them win the championship. And, like, there's not a lot of guys that Danny Ainge has signed who put you in a position to compete for a championship. And Kemba Walker is one of those guys, and I think he's just a really critical player, uh, a really critical part of this team. And offensively, you know, their offense has been not the greatest when he's not on the court for a reason. And, you know, we don't need to really mention the defensive on and offs here because it hurts my argument. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, really, he's an all-star caliber player. And... uh, you're not getting the greatest value on the max, but that's just in the reality of the NBA. That's what he's going to get paid. And you, there's not really a lot of teams around the league that would be like, I don't want Kemba Walker, even if it is for the max. The, the knee worries me. That's the one thing right now of him, the long term. But I, everything you guys have said here, um, you know, you can't, like you said, you can't really argue with that. Everyone. He was no one team. of the most durable players in the whole NBA before this knee injury. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, like, again, hopefully this these months of rest here really, and, you know, he obviously had the grind of the FIBA World Cup, too, on top of going into the season, so that um, I think may have just worsened things, and hopefully now uh, a few months to recharge the batteries uh, makes him looking like the guy we saw in uh, November and December. Um, all right, so, Mike, you want to give your number three, or should I give my number three here? You go ahead. Um. I'm going to get some crap for this. This guy's always had a soft spot in my heart. Um, Can I guess who it is? Yeah. Tice? No. I really thought about putting Tice on here. Oh, and Jerebko? What's that? Jerebko? Jerebko? (laughs) Another honorable mention. Um, No, I went to bat for this guy a lot. and Jay Crowder. uh, Yes. Jay Crowder. And (laughs) you can laugh. That's fine. But... Jay Crowder was your player centerpiece to getting a star in Kyrie Irving. Obviously, the Brooklyn pick was the top part of that deal. Um, but Crowder, whether it was, it was Kyrie or if they trade for another star, like for any team that wants to also win, like he that was the perfect signing. Um, 
five years, $35 million as he was turning 25 before he really broke out. And that's why I give Ainge extra credit here and the deceased front office staff. Like, you could, you know, they were kind of just ahead of the curve and they maximized his value by giving him those five years because that made it look like a really great contract yeah. for any team no, down the line. I, and I know he's fallen off now, but it's like, it's it's more of a putting that contract in place and then selling high on it when they did. And that's what they did, obviously, in uh, 20, 2017. Yeah. Can I just say real quick, like, I give a lot of credit to the front office for sure. And that contract, like, is inarguably one of the, I would say, one of the 10 most intelligent, team friendly deals of the decade, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of just like, I, this isn't even a, like, we already knew the value of a wing who could shoot threes, who could defend multiple positions when that deal was signed. And I just like, I kind of just like more blame the agent than I do give credit to Ainge. <laughs> is that fair? No, that I mean that's a fair point. Like what? But... He, what is that? What was he doing? Like <laughs> it was. I remember when it was signed. It was like very questionable to lock someone up for that long, and yeah, he suffered because of it and lost a lot of money. A lot of money. So much money. Yeah. Um, like him and Isaiah Thomas's agent, like, um probably owe those guys tens of millions of dollars right now for the bad deals they they got them locked into but jay crowder's uh, birthday today jay crowder i mean he only to the agents or credit like he only shot you know 34 percent um you know from or even less than that excuse me um closer to 30 percent from the field um three-point line in the, from the three-point line exactly excuse me um that final year, including just twenty eight percent in Boston, you know he became such a critical part of that team right away um, when they, you know, made that second half push towards the playoffs once they got Isaiah too. But his his counting numbers weren't great yet, um, or his percentages weren't great yet, and they obviously developed um, and you know have never been consistent, but really peaked those f- next two years he was in Boston. So uh, the agent probably was like, "Hey, this guy." You know, I know, like Jay Crowder, you're you're not amazing, so it, you should take the security, and it, it hurt him. But the Celtics, you know, gave him enough to to lock him in there, and that turned into a pivotal part of that team for the next two years, and then a pivotal part to finding the next star um, moving forward. Yeah, I just I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention our uh, trade value episode of mm. what year was <laughs> no, that? I don't think we need to do that. No, uh, uh, I forget. I want to say it's 2017. It was probably right before that that trade happened. Just a legendary uh, podcast, <laughs> hour and a half or whatever. How long we spent doing it? Um, for those who did not listen, B Rob thought that Jay, at the time Jay, <laughs> he still thinks it today. He told me right before we started <laughs> to record uh, that Jay Crowder's contract was more valuable than uh, Jalen Brown's. Um, but no, I I this is yeah, this is a really wise signing for a front office and what's really it was a little frustrating i think just in a lot of ways jay crowder's like lack of improvement in areas that needed to improve like he was such a downhill driver and he would only go to his right and he would follow like it was like a little frustrating after a while when you would watch him and you didn't have a ton of confidence in his outside shot but it looked pretty um 
But no, I mean, for the money, you definitely got value here. The Celtics definitely got value. And then when they, obviously, in the trade for Kyrie, you, it's inarguable that they, they they get the best player in that deal, and they might not have been able to get it done if they didn't include Jay Crowder's contract. All right. Um, you have your number three, Mike? My number three... Um, Amir Johnson, two years, 20... No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you had me for a second. <laughs> Although I, I will say real quick, he was like on my deep bench honorable mentions just because he was the first player that the Celtics like ever really signed. Like uh, with with like cap space, right? Like I'm pretty sure there's a cap space contract, yeah. Um, and the Celtics had like no... There were no free agents who were looking at Boston before that, for not necessarily Boston's fault, but um, so he he started the whole trend here. So I just want to shout out Amir Johnson. <laughs> um, honestly, I think like you know it hurts me not to include Rajon Rondo here, but I'm gonna bypass Rajon and say that Marcus Smart's extension, hmm. four years, fifty two million. I just I love that deal. Loved it when it was signed. Uh, I think that this t- this kind of goes into what I was saying about Jalen in terms of betting on a player. And Marcus Smart's three-point shooting pre this deal and post this deal is two different worlds. And he's kind of just come to embody everything. He's like... Is he? He's not officially the captain, right? Or I don't know. No. They don't even. I don't know if they have a. Captain. They don't. They don't do captains. Yeah, he would be though. I think. Um, and he, more importantly, he just like symbolic symbolically has come to, uh, just represent what the Celtics are about and how they want to play and how they value defense and how they value just like a grinded out mentality. So I just I I think that that contract is great and. Uh, it's one of the few, I guess, quote unquote, tradable deals when we talk about like how who would they include. But it, it's like at the end of the day, you don't even want to trade it because it's so valuable to your own team and your own team's success. Yeah, you can't you can't argue with a with a Marcus signing. I my, my the only one that we haven't mentioned for me is 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 Rondo. Is is he on your list, Pina? I know you just no. He was a, he was probably like six five point five. Wow. Yeah, he was. So, Rich, I assume he's number, your number two? He's my number two. Yeah, I just locking him up when they did 11, uh, five years, 11 each. And just going into that, stre- that stretch one where, that stretch run where for a large portion of it, he was the best player on the Celtics, right, despite the three Hall of Fame teammates. Um, and just having him locked up for that, that many years and just, just, it was just something you didn't have to worry about, right? It was just Rondo was there for that reasonable money. And I think again, unfortunately, they never got another title out of it, but uh, they came pretty damn close a few times. Um, but yeah, just getting when they did, I just think it was just a very shrewd move by Danny Ainge. Uh, just very, uh, just an impressive signing. Yeah, uh, he was my number one. Wow. Um, just to fair add to what Rich said, like he, you, the Celtics had so much money tied up in Rayon and and Pierce and KG and. So you really had no margin for error there with luxury tax, and you got Rondo at a, you know, a bargain rate that you found out, you know, just months after signing him that huge extension um, in 2009. So that they should have had one more title out of it if they had some better health luck, and he was 
you know, arguably the best player on those teams for, you know, two or three of those years of those deep playoff runs. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with Rich in terms of putting it in the top tier. And I'm Mike, I can't tell you how shocked I am that he, this is not on your list given. You I'm know, unpredictable. I try to, it, be. it is <laughs> wild card. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like I love this contract, love Rondo. Everyone who listens to this should know that about me. Um, I'm, I just, at the end of the day, I have, I just feel like the Al Horford contract was so important to this era that we're currently in, and I still think that maybe even though it was for the max that it's underrated in at least his production and his impact on everyone around him was underrated, only made one all-star team in a Celtics jersey, but like... I don't know. Like, he had so much on his shoulders when he was here, and he was a perfect fit in just about any lineup, and for the most part, stayed as healthy as possible. And I don't really blame him necessarily for everything that happened in that last season. I thought it was just a lot of different factors, and I don't know if there was any one human being who could come in and stop it. Um, So... Yeah, his leadership style never really reflected someone who was going to just stamp down and change Kyrie Irving's attitude or whatever. But uh, on the court, uh, I just love everything about his game as the big who could pop to behind the three-point line or even spot up. And I, defensively, one of the smartest defenders in the league, uh, one of the best passers for his position. And again, just like what he did for everyone else in ways that can't be quantified on basketballreference.com made him so valuable. And it, it was meaningful also just to see someone like that sign uh, with the Boston Celtics because uh, Amir Johnson aside, like Al Horford's kind of <laughs> the first real dude who came through and was like, I'm excited about the young players here, and I think this team has a bright future. All right, so is that have you redone everyone now, Mike? Is that your whole full list? So why don't you, or if, why don't everyone recap their list um, before we wrap here? Sure. Uh, PJ, uh, Jalen, Kemba, Smart, and Amir Johnson, slash <laughs> Same same player basically. Yeah. Um, um, Avery Bradley, Al Horford, Kemba Walker, Rajan Rondo, and Mr. James Posey. Wow. So I haven't named my number two yet, guys, and he hasn't been brought up here. Wow. Do you guys have any guesses before I? I, I everyone on my list has been named, like on my honorable mentions and all that. So I'm. Is it... Oh wait, can I can I guess? Yeah. I think I know. Yeah. Evan Turner. Honorable mention. Good guess though. Aaron Baines. No, another good guess. Wow, who is it? This guy has a he has a ring. Eddie has pretty important on those teams. Eddie has no guys. Kendrick Perkins. Hmm. He Annie Ainge signed him in to a rookie extension, four years, sixteen million dollars. Uh, in the summer of two thousand or the in the fall of two thousand six, I want to say. Genius and just a genius move. And again, they had no. Once they made those trades uh, for Ray and KG, they had no wiggle room, no extra money, but they were able to keep Perk because Perk was signed for so little, and they were able to keep him for that. You know, obviously that 
four-year window up until the 2010-2011 season. And before that ACL tear happened, like he was a crucial piece on defense, saved KG from having to get beaten up night after night, um, could make a little hook shot, could stay out of the way on offense and save, save uh, set monster picks. And yeah, like, again, front office kind of getting ahead of the curve and seeing a guy like, hey, this is someone who could be really important for us in the secondary role, and we want to lock him in for as long as possible. Um, and again, helped get him a title. So that's that's not my number two. That's Perk. I don't know if I wow. put him two, but that's, a, that's pretty solid. Like, certainly a fantastic signing, solid reasoning. Um, yeah, good on you, Vera. All right, well... Again, not as much, a lot of different names here for the top five too, which is good. This is, again, a lot more good signings and bad signings for Danny Ainge in the front office, to say at least over the last 15 years plus. But um, yeah, get at us at Winning Plays Pod on Twitter. Who had the best lists? Who had the worst picks? Um, at Michael B. Pina, at Rich underscore Levine, at Brian T. Robb. Um, I think this is probably going to wrap our Ainge look back series, guys. Um, maybe we'll do one more if we can think of an idea, but we actually might have some real basketball to talk about soon. Um, maybe. Maybe. Knock on wood. But uh, stay tuned for that. Seas will go down to Orlando this week. Uh, we'll be back with you guys later this week. Um, talk about that and much more here on the Winning Place Pod. <laughs>